Okay, so we are obviously in the book of... Yeah, okay. Uh, week number 19, Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 25. The title of the message uh, today is In the Light. And uh, as we look at this passage of Scripture, if I could summar up, summarize this message in just one sentence, it would be this. When people reject the light God gives them, they lose that truth and move deeper and deeper into darkness. And so we as followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the light, and we must receive that light and not only receive it, uh, but live in the light. Amen? Now, as I was preparing this this week and I was thinking about this, uh, I, came, I came to the conclusion, I was going to say this, I, I wrestled with whether I should say this or not, but let's just face it, it is true. Uh, we all know people who aren't that bright, don't we? Don't look at the person next to you right now. You know? Uh, we have an expression. I hear it all the time. People will say things like, you know, uh, well, they're not the brightest bulb in the box, you know? Uh, once in a while, I even get that said about me, you know? Uh, sometimes in our lives, we're not the smartest people on the planet, are we? All right? And we know people that are not the brightest people. I, I, know, people, I know people who are extremely intelligent. Uh, they are book smart. They, are they have been highly educated. They have, they, have, they have matriculated all the way down, and they have no common sense. You know, you know people like that? All right? My dad used to say that about me all the time. Son... You're the smartest dumb kid I've ever seen. You know? I, you know. Uh, we know that, all right? But when it comes to sharing truth, God is no respecter of person. He gives his truth and light out freely to anyone and everyone who is willing to receive it, all right? And what it depends upon mainly for us as followers of Jesus Christ is whether we're going to listen or not, all right? And so in the passage of Scripture that we're looking today, last week we found that Jesus had shared uh, a parable of how people hear the Word of God. And we spoke last week about the four different soils. And so uh, we talked last week about how some have hard hearts and the Word is stolen and how some have shallow hearts where the Word of God is starved and some have crowded hearts where the Word is strangled by the worries and the deceitfulness of, uh, of life and wealth and all of those things, but there are some who have open hearts, and the word is multiplied, and it says 30, 60, sometimes even a hundredfold, and that has absolutely nothing to do with our ability, but it has everything to do with us being willing to to be used by God, to be surrendered to him. And so as we continue in the gospel of Mark today, Jesus teaches us about how important it is for us to really hear the word of God. And this particular passage of Scripture that we're going to talk about today, it can be confusing if you're not careful because it sounds somewhat similar uh, to something Jesus said when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, okay? Remember when he said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you don't put a lamp underneath a bowl, okay? You put it on a stand so everyone can see. And then he said, let your light shine before others, okay? That's in the Sermon on the Mount. But here in this passage today, he will use a parable of the lamp, all right? But he isn't talking about our testimony here today. He's referring to how the light of his truth, it cannot be hidden, all right? In other words, let me just say this to us all. Whether you receive the truth of God 
whether you receive the light of the Father, it's there, all right? In other words, whether you receive it or not does not matter. It's still there, all right? The truth of God is there. We have to decide whether we're going to receive it or not. We've got to decide whether we're going to listen or not. And so in Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25, he says this. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? That's what you actually do with the lamp, don't you? All right? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. I want to let that just sink in for a second. Now, you jump down to verse 33 and 34 of Mark, chapter 4, and we're not actually going to preach on this passage today, but I just want to bring it out. We know this is, what, what we're seeing here is a mini parable in itself. And so when you skip down to verse 33 and 34, it says, With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. You see, in the Bible, light and truth, light and truth are two sides of the same coin, all right? They always come together. Light and truth, they always come together. Our prayer should be the one found in Psalm 43, verse 3, when it says this, Send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me uh, to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. You see, what we need to remember here this morning as we begin this message and as I open this is we need to remember God has all the truth. Amen? You guys can respond to me. Go ahead. God has all the truth. And we like to have all the truth, okay? We would like to have all of his truth. We would, we would like to have his truth at one time. But let me just tell you something. He loves us entirely too much to download all his truth into our tiny little brains all at one time, all right? The reason why we don't have all of his truth is because our brain capacity is not capable of handling that. There is not enough space in this hard drive, all right, to obtain all of his truth. That's why you and I, quite honestly, we are going to be learners and learning until Christ returns. The moment you or I think that we have it all figured out, we better be careful. We better, better watch out. Because the moment I think I know all truth, that's the moment I become not the brightest bulb in the box. Because we don't have it all figured out. But... We can know that he has it all figured out. Amen? And so this morning, if you, if, if you understand that truth is light, and to receive all of God's truth at one time would be like looking directly in the sun at noonday, okay? Anybody ever done that? You ever looked in the sun, and it's like all of a sudden all of, you can't see anything because it's blue all the way? It's like when I look in these lights up here, all right? You see, I stand up here, I, I can't see most of you half the time, because these lights, all I see is like blue spots out here, you know? 
Every once in a while, I might catch a glimpse of somebody. But if you look like, it's like looking at the sun all at one time. There's not, we couldn't handle it if he downloaded everything at one time. I have been serving the Lord. I have been faithfully in ministry for almost 30 years. 26 years in full-time pastoral ministry. Four years working part-time in ministry over my life. And if there's one thing that I have learned more than anything, it is that God continues to reveal his truth to me. Every time I turn around, every time I open my, the word of God, every time I study, there's something new that jumps out. There have been times when I have read the same passage of scripture for time and time, sometimes 20 years. And then all of a sudden, something brand new comes out of it that I never saw before. Anybody ever experienced that? I will always, as long as I live, as long as I breathe, I will always be a student of the Word of God. He keeps giving me more light and more truth. The question for us this morning as I'm preparing this, and I'm just giving you kind of some, some intro, is that the attitude that we all have? Do we all have the attitude that says, God is constantly giving me new light and new truth? Or do we, or have we knowingly, maybe even unknowingly, slipped into that I know it all, I've got it all figured out type of believer. This morning before I give you the couple things that I have to give you, I want to challenge you. Keep learning. The reason we are so intentional about discipleship here at Lifebrook Church is because we believe that we have to be, if we're going to live in love like Jesus, if we are going to be the disciples that Jesus has called us to be, we have to be in continuous learning mode. We have to be continuously in relationships, building up our understanding, seeking truth, seeking deeper what it means to truly love the way Jesus loves us, to truly live the way Jesus has modeled for us to live, to live our lives in such a way as though Jesus Christ were living our lives for us. Because you see, what I want you to know today is that God wants to give you more light and more truth each and every day. But you gotta be open to receive it. Amen? All right, so let's break this passage of Scripture down today, or let's dive into this. Actually, uh, I'm taking a little bit of a different uh, approach today, so I'm going to be throwing a lot of other Scripture at you today. So uh, you might want to take some notes. If you use version uh, on your phone or on your iPad or whatever, if you have version, you can go to Events. And under events, it'll say Life for Church, and you can actually click on that, and you'll have all of the scriptures and all of the outline laid out there. And so you don't even have to, uh, you don't even have to write stuff down. You can just, like, right there. You can put your own little notes in there with that, okay? But I want to begin today not with uh, a verse from Mark, but actually with a verse from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 46. And it says, Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So the first point that I want to bring out today as we're talking about Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25, is that God's light is revealed in himself to every single person. In other words, whether you see it or receive it, God has revealed his light to every single one of us. I have come into the world, this is what Jesus said, as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Every person on the planet, every person on the planet has some light or truth about God. 
Now, this is a controversial passage of Scripture, and this is a controversial subject that I'm going to be talking about over these next few moments. All right? And there are going to be more than one moment during this next few moments when you're going to go, I don't think that's right, Pastor. All right? Study the Scripture. All right? Every person on the planet has some light or truth about God. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, no, that's not true because not everybody has access to the Bible. Not everybody has access to a church. Not everyone has access to preaching. I want to do a little role-playing with you just for a second here, okay? I'd like for all of you in the congregation, I want everyone in here to imagine you are a person who has lived your life never reading the Bible, never hearing the gospel, never even having to uh, access to the Bible, and you die and you stand before God and you say to God, whoa, wait a minute, God, I need an excuse. And my excuse is this. Nobody ever told me about you. How do you think God's going to respond to that? The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, it says, Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown himself to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation, the creation, <laughs> what is that? The, the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are with, Romans, Romans chapter 1 verse 19 20 says, people are without excuse. You see, this is one of the things I think we struggle with in some ways. We are so arrogant in thinking that the only way people are going to hear the message of God, the only way people are going to understand God is through us. And don't get me wrong, God does want to use us. We are called to be salt and light in the world. But if none of us ever opened our mouths... In creation, God has revealed himself. Can you say amen to that? If this was a court of law and you claim to be innocent of hearing about God, we would call to the witness stand two universal witnesses to testify. I told you about God. Now, who are these two witnesses? Well, the first one is creation itself. God's outer witness is creation. God's first universal witness is creation. Creation takes the stand and says to everybody on the face of the earth, listen, if you paid attention, I was telling you all your life, there is a higher power. There is a supreme being. Verse 20 said, for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. Now, I want you to trek with me all the way to the end of this, because at the very end, all of this is going to go like that to us, okay? All right? That hurt. I won't do that again. My kids, my kids informed me this week, I have this ring that my wife got me. And when I was younger, and the kids were younger, I, I confess, this was one of the bad dad moments. When they would get up, when they would do something bad or they wouldn't do it, I, I'd pop them on the back of the head. Not real hard, come on. Just that like, you know, come on, you know? But I didn't realize this thing here, this thing hurts. And I just realized it again today when I smacked myself with it. I was like, they were, well, they were telling me this week this, that it was hurt. And I went, and I went, ow! And I had to apologize to them. 
That's another part of being a, a good dad, just so you know. You have to apologize sometimes, okay? All right, I'm ADD. I don't know why I told you that. Anyway, somebody's going to turn me in for hitting my kids on the back of the head later. All right. What this means when we talk about creation is it means anyone on the face of the earth, regardless of tribe, culture, race, can stand, and we can look up into a starry sky at night and say, there has to be someone else out there. There has to be something beyond this. This couldn't just happen accidentally. When we talk about creation, we have to understand that. Everything that we see around us, it just can't happen by accident. You see, the problem with Americans is that we have wholeheartedly embraced humanism. We have embraced evolution that says, oh, don't worry about it. It did happen accidentally. It was all by random. No, it wasn't. Come on. Just look at, I mean, listen, how many of you guys got a watch on right now? Hold your watch up. Everybody has got a watch. Hold it up, okay? How many of you, if you can imagine for one moment, your watch just happened accidentally, all right? As a matter of fact, uh, there was an explosion, all right? And out of that explosion, all the components in your watch just miraculously came together, all right? And, and, and accidentally, your watch keeps time. How many would you buy that? How many of you would, how, how many of you, how many would you go, you know, yeah, that's exactly what happened? No. You look at your watch. Now, mine's, mine's digital or whatever you want to call this. I don't know. All right? Some of yours, they got components in there. and they say, Listen, somebody designed it, didn't they? Nobody in here. Is there anybody in this room right now that when you look at your watch, you go, man, that just happened by accident. And it keeps time. No. We know that it didn't happen accidentally. You see... Somebody made it, okay? Well, this is what the Bible is saying here. This is what I'm sharing with you today. This is, you know what the great thing about Matthew, preaching through a gospel is you get to talk about subjects that you might not normally talk about, but hey, it's next in here, and so I have to talk about it. I mean, this is, the Bible is saying that anybody can look around the world, can look at what we see, and you cannot look at it and think it happened by accident. There is a creator behind all of this order and beauty. And that's just the first step. None of us can stand out at night and look up into a starry sky and see the beauty. And truly, if we're honest, say that just happened randomly. How can anyone claim they ought to be excused because nobody told them about God when all of our lives is surrounded by creation that gives evidence that God exists. Every sunset that God's signature is on, every flower that God's reality is seen as it blossoms, every mountain is God's reality piled up, every river is God's reality in motion. You see, what God is saying to us is I have been talking to you your whole life. Why didn't you listen? Why didn't you hear me? Now, it's not only in creation, but there's the second evidence 
that God is real. Second evidence of God's reality, and that is God's inner witness. We see God's evidence all around us, but then we have to talk about God's inner witness, what God is doing inside of you and I. If you're breathing, more than likely, you have a conscience. Now, we can talk about the destroying of a conscience, but it doesn't begin there. You see, here's witness number two, the inner witness. You see, Paul wrote there is another witness who testifies that there is a God. To understand this, let's read Romans chapter 2, verse 14. Paul uses the word law several times here, but which, which means God's moral law found in the Bible. As I'm reading this, I'm going to replace the word law, though. I'm going to replace it with Bible, okay? And, and, and I'm going to substitute it with Paul whenever he uses the word. And I want you to just listen. You see, many people don't have a Bible, but according to this passage, they have a Bible written in their hearts. All right? Listen to this. He writes, so when Gentiles who do not by nature have the law, a Bible, do what the law, Bible, demands. They are a law, Bible, to themselves, even though they don't have the law, a Bible. They show that the work of the law, the work of a Bible, is written on their hearts. Their conscience confirmed this. Their competing thoughts either excuse, accuse, excuse me, or even excuse them. You see, we are born with a conscience, all right, that gives us an innate sense of what is right and wrong, all right? That's why little Johnny, when he takes a cookie out of the cookie jar, and mommy says, did you take a cookie out of the cookie jar? Little Johnny, before he even knows what a conscience is, goes, no. Why did little Johnny do that? I'm not talking about your little Johnny, if you have a little Johnny. Why did little Johnny do that? Because little Johnny was born with a natural understanding of what? Right and wrong. All right? We are born with a sense of right and wrong. Before the Bible was written, before the Ten Commandments, before people knew innately, inherently, it was wrong to kill someone else, they knew it was wrong. Before it was written that it was wrong to steal someone else's stuff, they knew it was wrong to take something that didn't belong to them. There was just something about that which caused moral outrage. Where did they get that sense of right and wrong? Was it from the Big Bang? No. God gives us a conscience at birth. Amen? Now, you don't have to accept this. I mean, I'm accepting all of this. I understand all of this from studying the Word of God and from faith. I mean, if you don't believe the Word of God is true, then everything I'm saying to you is foolishness. But if you believe in the Word of God, if you believe His Word is true, then you have to grab a hold of this. You have to understand this. Someone once said a conscience is like a triangle with three sharp corners. Whenever you do something wrong, a point of the triangle jabs you from the inside and you feel guilty. All right? How in the world can so many people do so many unconscionable things today? Well, the answer to that is a person can sin repeatedly until the sharp corners of their conscience is rounded and worn off. And if you ignore the sting of the, uh, of the conscience long enough, instead of a sharp triangle that is there, nothing but a smooth circle 
exists. You see, the Bible says that people who have had their conscience seared as with a hot iron, it's referring to uh, skin that has been burned. And do you know what happens when skin is burned to, to an unimaginable level? Does anybody know what happens? There's no, there's no, no, there's no feeling left. All right? All of the feeling goes. You see, when we continuously do that which is wrong over and over and over again, eventually wearing down the sharp edges of that triangle, eventually burning it and searing it, then at some point we reach a point when we have no feeling left. And we see a culture around us who don't know Jesus Christ, who are not aware of Christ at the level that we're talking about, and they have become numb to the consequences of sin. You see, there are people today who have rejected their conscience and the testimony of creation. But let's change this message now. Let's go to a different point. Some people may stand before God and claim they should be excused from judgment because they have never had a Bible or never heard the word of God. But God has given them creation and conscience. You see, God's light isn't hidden. It is being revealed to everyone. And what that leads us to today is the second point that I want to make out of this passage of Scripture, and that is God's truth if you don't use it, you're going to lose it, all right? You ever heard that phrase, use it or lose it? My dad used to say, move it or lose it. That meant get out of the way. I remember one time him saying, move it or lose it, or something to that effect, and I stuck my fingers in my ears. I lost it, <laughs> along with a few other things, but... I learned. Mark chapter 4, verse 25 of the passage today says, Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Man, that's a challenging passage of Scripture. This is another one of those Thomas Jefferson passages. You guys know Thomas Jefferson. Every once in a while, he come across a passage he didn't like, and so you know what he'd do? he just cut it out. This is one of those passages of scriptures we want to just cut out of the Bible, don't we? We just take our little exacto knife, flip the page open, and just, you know, cut it out. Or, you know, if you're using one of your, like, digital Bibles, just, like, delete that section, you know. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have it, even what he has, will be taken away from him. That's kind of unfair, doesn't it? I mean, in the Bible, darkness is often used to represent evil or error, and light is used to represent goodness and truth. And so Jesus said, truth must be displayed. It cannot be hidden, all right? You can't hide anything from God, and he isn't hiding anything from us, all right? That's why Jesus said it is very important for us to consider how you listen to God's word. If you listen skeptically... Saying, well, you know, I don't really know if I believe what he's writing here. You are placing God's light under the bed. You're placing it in a clay jar. You see, that's what he's talking about here. All right? You're taking his truth and trying to replace it with your own truth. Those who reject God's light experience spiritual darkness. Remember going back to the summary, all right? Let's go back to the people we talked about earlier who never heard the gospel or had access to the Bible. There are two possible ways they could respond to the light that God has given them. Here's a person who looks at creation and considers their conscience, but they choose to reject the truth. They disregard God's light, and as a result, they lose the truth that they have. Verse, verse 25 sounds like a riddle. It's like, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. What is Jesus talking about here? 
You see, if a person has a lot of money, does it seem right that they get a lot more? And the person who only has a little will have what he has taken away? Jesus wasn't talking about money. Just grab a hold of that. Does it seem fair that the person who has a lot of food should get more while the person who only has a little food has it taken away? Jesus wasn't talking about food either. He was talking about God's truth here. If you have it and act on it, you get more. But if you have a little and you ignore it, what happens? You lose it. You can't just take God's truth and put it in your pocket and save it for a rainy day. You see, we have to act on it immediately. God's truth, is, it's like an ice cube on a sunny day. How long is an ice cube going to last on a sunny day? Not very long, is it? If you don't take advantage of it, it will be gone very soon, won't it? You know? You see, the Bible describes what happens to these people who turn from the light of God's truth. In verse 21 of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Listen, our culture needs to read this word. This, and I'm going to read it to you, but I'm not going to talk about it. We're just going to read it, and I'm going to let it sink in for, for you to absorb on your own, and you can leave here today with it. But it says, For though they knew God... They did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Ouch. Now listen to the following verses that come on after this. Verse 22. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. This is what happens when you ignore truth, when you ignore the light. This is what Paul's talking about here. Their God, their God, therefore God, delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, so that their bodies became degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. Verse 26 For this reason, God delivered them over to disgraceful passions. Their women exchanged natural sexual relations with unnatural ones. The men, in the same way, also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their error. You see, what he's talking about here is when people reject the light that God has given them, they lose that truth and move deeper and deeper into darkness. What we see happening in our culture today is a rejection of the light, and we see people moving deeper and deeper and deeper into darkness. And if we do not become more with responsible with the truth and the light that God has given us, if we're not careful we will find ourselves slipping deeper and deeper into darkness. However, let me just say this, because I don't want to end this on a negative. There is always 
the hope that those who have slipped into darkness will start seeing the light and seeking the light of God's truth. And here's what happens when that happens. Those who follow God's light find Jesus Christ. Amen? Here's a person who doesn't have a Bible and they've never heard the gospel, but they look at creation and their conscience and they realize there must be more truth for them to know about God. So they start following the light that they have. And when they do, God gives them more light and more truth. And then as they move toward the light, they receive more and more truth because it says, to whomever uh, has much, more shall be given. Jesus said, and as they continue to walk toward the light of God's truth, they will ultimately be led to truth incarnate. And that's Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The creator who spoke light into existence makes a new creation when he causes his light to shine in our dark minds and we see his great glory. Amen? I love Acts chapter 10. What a wonderful and incredible example of this. How am I doing on time? Okay, I got about another hour. I'll be good. All right. In Acts chapter 10, we meet a Roman centurion by the name of Cornelius. And I don't know if you've ever read this passage and it's dawned on you on this, but, but, but it's incredible. It says, and actually we meet a Roman centurion named Cornelius, and perhaps one evening while on sentry duty, I don't know, I'm reading into this a little bit, he looks up into the star-filled skies and he thinks, God, who are you? I want to know you. And he started out toward the light to find the truth of the creator. He had never heard of Jesus, yet he prays and he performs good deeds and he knows that's not enough. The scripture says he performs good deeds and he prays, but he knows that's not enough. He wants more truth. And so one afternoon, Cornelius was asking God to reveal himself and God sends an angel and the angel says, send a couple of your soldiers down to Joppa and bring a man named Simon Peter here. This man will give you the truth. Now, Cornelius is a Gentile, okay? He's a Roman soldier. So Peter would have never even entered his house under normal circumstances, all right? Under normal circumstances, Peter would have been like, no. That's unclean. So God, not a messenger, not a telegraph, not a newspaper, not a text, God sends a vision to Peter where there were all kinds of unclean animals in his dream. And God said, kill and eat. And Peter replied, no way. I kind of exaggerated that a little bit, Lord. These animals aren't kosher. And God says, don't you, I love when God talks like this, don't you call unclean what I have called clean. And at that exact moment, those two servants from Cornelius knock on Peter's door and say to him, come with us to Caesarea. God sent an angel to Captain Cornelius and told him to send for you and you would give him the truth. How many of you, how would you respond to a door knock like that? Wow. When Peter arrives, he said, sir, <laughs> he's Peter's honest, you know. <laughs> sir, as a Jew, I would never enter into your home, all right? 
I would never enter a home of Gentile because, quite truthfully, that would defile me. All right? But God just shown me, has just shown me, uh, that he is no respecter of persons. What can I do for you? And Cornelius told Peter about his dream, and Peter told Cornelius the truth about Jesus. Cornelius believed and was baptized. He kept walking toward the light, and he found Jesus Christ. That's powerful, folks. Do we believe that that can happen in our lives today? Do we believe in the work of the Holy Spirit? Do we believe in the power of God's presence in our lives in such a way that he will open doors, reveal things to us that we may never even begin to understand or imagine in our own, but he opens the doors, and would we, if he did that, be willing to walk through the doors? That's the power of living in the light and truth of our Lord and Savior. You see, no matter where a person is on the planet, on this earth, if they are faithful to the light of God, to the light that God gives them, and they keep walking toward that light, they're going to find Jesus. You know, sometimes it may take a car wreck. Or God may cause a plane load of missionaries to make an emergency landing in the midst of people who are seeking God. Regardless of their ethnic background, their language, their history, any person who seeks the truth about God will find the full truth. Do we believe that today? And that full truth is Jesus Christ. As the band comes up and we get ready to close, I want to say some things to you real quick. First of all, listen, folks, God's truth isn't hidden. It's not. It's a lamp that is shining for everyone. His truth is available to every single one. Those family members in your life that you are concerned about, that you lose sleep about, that are in your prayers every single night, God has revealed truth to them. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on your Heavenly Father. His truth is a lamp that is shining for everyone to see. Now, you still may be sitting here today thinking, Pastor, but how will God judge the pagan who never heard the gospel? i got to be honest with you. I don't have an answer for that. I'm going to leave that one up to God. All right? It's up to him. But let me just say this to us here today, sitting in Bethalto, Illinois. Our question is, how will God judge someone like us in Bethalto, Illinois who has heard the gospel dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of times and we walk away from the light? That's the question we should be considering here today. This morning, as you're sitting here, are you in the light? I've always been a fan of Christian music. One of the bands I've enjoyed over the years is Toby Mac and DC Talk. Toby Mac was in DC Talk. Several years ago, they performed a song by another one of my favorite artists, a guy by the name of Charlie Peacock. And the name of the song is In the Light. And I'm not going to sing it to you. Not even going to happen. But the lyrics go like this. And I want you to listen to this. As a matter of fact, I want you all to close your eyes and listen to this. 
I keep trying to find a life on my own apart from you. I am the king of excuses. I've got one for every selfish thing I do. What's going on inside of me? I despise my own behavior. This only serves to confirm my suspicions that I'm still a man in need of a savior. The disease of self runs through my blood. It's cancer, fatal to my soul. Every attempt on my behalf has failed to bring this sickness under control. I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heaven. Oh Lord, be my light and be my salvation. All I want is to be in the light. Is that your desire today? Because you see, if you live in the light, then you'll have the truth. Heavenly Father, this morning, speak to our hearts and minds. Lord, you have given us the truth. You have given us light. It is our task. It is our responsibility. It is our calling. to speak the truth and live in the light. And Lord, there are those around us who are still struggling in darkness. And it's time for us to be light for them. Not because of ourselves, but because of you living inside of us what we have been given if we use will grow but if we reject it Lord please help us not to reject it I pray this in your most precious name Amen let's all stand